0: And that's Christmas Wrapped on BBC None. Still to come this evening, Sidney James faces off against Ingrid Pitt in our late thriller The Murderer Didn't Flush, but first it's over to Mount Peg Towers for bad language, reckless boozing, and getting enough televisual trivia wrong for you to notice, but not quite enough for you to bring it up on social media. It's nine o'clock. All right, on tonight's festive
1: holiday. Christmas cake, Christmas tree, everything. I mean, it's just, it's a big shower of festive shit. He started already. How Peggy stots through the house to see how the decorations are getting on and there's a man dressed as a Boy Scout. This is unnerving to me.
0: (laughs) It's literally their son. Well, weirdly enough, he's the one that opens the very first episode by speaking to camera and breaking that fourth wall. That's right. And that doesn't happen in this. You're like, has he just become subsumed into the universe now? Does he no longer know he's in a sitcom? That's fine.
1: Exit! Stage left! Hello and welcome to the first of this year's festive offerings from the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. I'm Dr Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here because we want a trio and we want one now. We might be in luck because joining us tonight is a man to whom the phrase any port in a storm means going to the off-license in the rain. Yes, it's Mr Ozzy <laughs> Bognops. Gentlemen. Hello. Gentlemen. Lovely to see you both. Andy, and sir, so Have you brought the biscuits? Right. Uh, have you brought the biscuits? Yes, I've brought Peak Freen's Festive Assortment, but nice, I've taken nice. the and creams out because of censorship. Fair, fair. We live in that age. We do. Never mind. It's over to Blackout. Hello
0: to you all, and thanks for dropping into our casual Christmas critique of festive television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from the mistletoe because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you go over to PeggyMountPod.com, info for the episode we're discussing is in the show notes. You can find us on the socials, get in touch to say hello, or ask us how we haven't finished the port yet. And before we start making holes in the clearly unstable living room floor, save from the knowledge that things can't possibly come back to bite us in 20 minutes' time, gentlemen,
1: I've got to ask, what are we drinking? I mean, it's Christmas. Yeah? I'm drinking Seven Tears Gin by the Goombe Dance Distillery. Pour me Did one of Did you look them? at the B-side label? Uh, no, I couldn't get the B-side label, oddly enough. But um, a part of me says I'm pretty pleased about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a mix of seven different gin types in the one bottle. Christ. And it's infused with dandelion leaves and the river. Yourself? Port. <laughs> Expected
0: yes. and deserved.
1: Is it Absolutely. really going to be anything else, gentlemen? No, Is it, it really isn't. going to be anything else? It's all... It's Old Sow's Nakarasha, same as ever. Beautiful. Yes. I have to drink it through a sock, though, so you will forgive me if I get a bit muted occasionally. That's fine, that's <laughs> fine. Mr Blackout, I've got a bottle
0: of... Winter Warmer Ale by the Hall and Woodhouse Brewery in Blanford Forum, which is just mm. what we need to snuggle into on these cold, dark nights.
1: Dorset, eh? Dorset. Indeed. And so let's flick the first broadcasting bauble on the tree and a revisit to a Christmas special of a show we've looked at previously. This time, we look at some seasonal silliness from our matriarch, Madam Mount.
0: The Larkins, not to be confused with The Darling Buds of May or its recent reboot, was a sitcom created by Fred Robinson and produced by Associated Television for the ITV network, which aired from 1958 to 64, over six series and 40 episodes. The subject matter is the eponymous Larkin family, headed up by David Kossoff as Patriarch Alf and his domineering wife Ada, brought to the screen by none other than Peggy Mount. They live in 66 Sycamore Street with their son Eddie, their daughter Joyce and her husband Jeff. Domestic squabbles coincide with nosy neighbours and Monday mishaps and a comedy arises thenceforth. We have watched the show's Yuletide special, Christmas with the Larkins, written by Fred Robinson, directed by Bill Ward, which landed on ITV between the first and second series on Boxing Day 1958 at a quarter past ten. It's Christmas Eve in the titular household, and while Alf and Jeff struggle to get the tree set up in the living room, Ada is extending the hand of festive hospitality to those in need, whether they want it or not.
1: I'll tell you something. There's hell on with the Christmas cake here. There is. Christmas cake, Christmas tree, everything. I mean, it's just. It's a big shower of festive shit. <laughs> he started already. Started well, started already. You've read the listing in the TV Times, haven't you? <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> Listen, gents, I've got something I remember fondly, uh, but that's not for another time. I remember vividly listening to your um, immodest efforts about the Larkins the last time you visited um, 66 Sycamore Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And the thing you never mentioned was the theme tune. I've got no on yes. it this time. Well... Let me see what I can come up with first, because I'm sure yours are infinitesimally funnier than mine.
0: Dr. Velvet, um, I have, in a sealed envelope next to you, yes. I, I have written down on a bit of paper oh, oh. what Aussie Bogdops is about to do. Please carry on. Right,
1: right. let's see. So, firstly, this appears to be, I think, in the years that I've certainly been a part of the festive Mountcasts, um, that we've had a theme tune... That has not been Christmasified. Not yeah. a jingle bell. Not a sleigh bell. Not, no, a, not a. sprigger Not a sprig holly. Yep. Nout. Fuck all. Secondly, it appears to have been written by Jackie Brown, and if I remember rightly, that's a black exploitation movie. It is. Now open the envelope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't believe he didn't do it. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, yeah, the signature tune is not only quintessential sitcom fodder, British sitcom fodder. It's also perfect for a peggy mount vehicle. the bottom line is that you could segue seamlessly from this straight into your own young twice
1: absolutely there's only one way to prove this now listener you may or not be aware of this, but every time Ozzy Bognobs does visit us here he brings his pianoforte
0: up the stairs. <laughs>
1: there we go thank you thank you beautiful and also there's a wonderful little side hustle on this theme tune which is they're clearly standing waiting to start opening positions an atv card that appears to have been stuck on the back of somebody's back (laughs) who's actually having a stroke because it's just so not straight and then they cut to um, them round the table and it's very obvious that Peggy gets a, a finger pointed at her when she can start, and that and is only when, and only when, Jackie Brown has got his two and six in royalties. <laughs> there you go.
0: This is the thing. Am I right in thinking that at this point, because this is just after the first series, it's before the start of the second one, they're still broadcasting this live, aren't they? So again, yeah, we're very much waiting, and this comes into play later on, we're very much waiting for the floor manager to just fucking hurl a flag across the room for them to start.
1: Absolutely. And this is very likely, given its rather cosy nature of the the sets, this was either Woodgreen Empire or the Granville Empire. Uh, They were the two studios that that ATV were using at this point. They moved into Elstree, I think, in about 1961 or 62, so they have no space, and that's evident. And yet somehow, for me... That gives things like the front room set, sorry, the parlour set... Yeah. Uh, ..an intimacy, because the cameras can't go anywhere, as has proven near the end.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you mentioned there's not a lot of room. That, that comes out just after uh, wonderful Peggy Mount has stood there bollocking a girl for making the cake uh-huh. badly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not making it to, to, to Ada's strict way of doing it. And because Ada's not doing it, well, obviously it's automatically wrong. Mm-hmm. She's only trying to help the woman out. Um, but then we get a scrounging neighbour who turns up, um, wanting to borrow every single ingredient, of course, for yep. a Christmas pudding. And Peggy goes round and she's picking the stuff off the shelves in order to give it to her. She's not too clever with the props, is our <laughs> <that all> Peggy. <laughs> Very true. Those no, boxes are just so empty.
0: She she hurls half of it onto the floor, but she picks it back up again. That's that's ad lib. She does. that's fine.
1: That no, that's fine. That's fine. But she, she kind of get moved the woman because the, the the set's so small. Yeah.
0: It's it's not that's just Peggy being Peggy. That's fine.
1: No, yeah, well, yes, I suppose. But she, yeah. Dropping them in temper. That's what she's doing, really. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now this yeah.
0: entire scene, I do think the scripting is fine. It's performed tightly enough, you know, bearing in mind it's going out live. It feels a bit unadventurous, though, doesn't it? Other than Peggy being Peggy, this could be anything. This could be any sitcom. There's no identity to it.
1: Well, but do we need too much? I mean, it's it's a Christmas episode. I'll tell you what's annoying me. It's the fact that everything's been left to the last minute on Christmas Eve. Yes. Oh no way. That cake should have been made a month ago. Yes. Hashtag sitcom staple. Well, getting, well, yeah.
0: this is what I'm thinking, you see. Do you think this worked better before an audience, before they've basically had, decades of television sitcoms to compare it to.
1: No, this is this is my point later. Um we didn't. This is pioneering in every way. Right. So uh, almost I, doctor. Well, well, most. Almost. Almost. This is, there are some comedy shorts about 45 50 minutes um that were being shot in the 40s late 40s. How is that a comedy short at 45 minutes? What's going on here? Well, a standard film would be 75 to 90 minutes. That's why. Oh, I see what you're saying. Support feature type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they were the forerunners to sitcom in the UK and they were written by mostly the same people and they had pretty much the same plots. And Fred Robinson apparently was somebody who had a lot of experience. Fred Robinson is somebody who had probably a... Fair amount of experience in writing these things or being part of them, right. but I never had him down as Alfred Hitchcock because he appears in this.
0: He's better than Hitchcock. He's got he's got lines. He doesn't just like walk along in the background waving. He's the barman.
1: True. Yeah.
0: So yeah. And no, the name it's...
1: of the pub, gentleman the Fluids. Was it really? No, you said nah, nah, no, no.
0: I thought he was saying you'll get us thrown out of the Druids, as in like you know, sort of like the social club. But then later on it makes it sound like that isn't the Druids, he's talking about somewhere else. Is that actually the name of the pub they're in then?
1: The Fluids.
0: Okay, okay. Fair enough. Because Fred
1: Robinson appears in a couple of other episodes in this series, and I think he appears in a couple of episodes in every series.
0: Right. In that case, yeah, the Fluids is almost certainly a pun on the Druids, isn't it? Yeah. Cool.
1: Cool. There you go.
0: Middle age reference for us all.
1: So, moving on from helping the neighbour out, anyway, uh, our Peggy stots through the house to, to see how the decorations are getting on, and there's a man dressed as a Boy Scout. This is unnerving to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
1: literally their son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their 45-year-old son.
0: Mm-hmm. Are those not meant to be his army fatigues? Because if you remember in the first episode, he was just being demobbed for the army, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, not with a woggle. No. no, it's Scouts because the Scouts are credited in the credits. Ah, uh, OK. 77th right, okay. North London Scout Troop, who, I might add, are in three other episodes of The Larkins. So he's trying to put the decorations up, and, of course, she's bollocking him, he's doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's Christmas Eve. Where are the lads? They're in the pub. They are. They're just having one more pint before they go home. Yes, that old story. Absolutely. Thick beer. Thick beer, beer as thick as that American accent. What's that about?
0: I do love how David Kossoff and Ronan O'Kasey, the gentleman he's talking about, they're yelling their lines like the audience sitting in the back row are of harder of hearing.
1: No, the audience are sitting up in the circle if it's uh, Wood Green Empire, because uh, there was no seats in the stalls. Everything sat upstairs. <laughs> I tell you what, though. What I will say is, for all the whole idea of taking the tree into the damn pub is ridiculous. Yes. This is, and you know, you know me. I get frustrated at fast. However, yeah. This is this is perfect slapstick. This is what we need here. Again, in this yeah, scene. it
0: it's, it works perfectly fine for what it is. I I didn't dislike any of this. This is fine.
1: No, it 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 worked really well because at the end of the day, yeah, all right. The pub might have been on the high street. We take for granted that you'd walk through and think, can I leave this in the backyard? And they're not going to leave it outside, so they'll bring it inside. And if it just adds to the the Mm -hmm. most... Yes, yes. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'm not frustrated. That's good. That's good. (laughs) But clearly, there's no sort of... Obviously, there's not a fourth wall, but there doesn't appear to be a second or a third one either. Everybody seems to be trying to press themselves against the bar in order that they can get in shot. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, their agents told them, Get in, get in close, get in close. They'll do a tight shot, but just get in. It's going yeah, out yeah. live,
0: there's no edit. If they're seen on screen, they get paid more. That's it.
1: Don't speak though. Don't speak. <laughs> so yeah, alright, so they're battering on in the pub. Blah, 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 blah. What we've got here, what what unrolls as the episode goes on, I'm not skipping anything, but is the fact that everybody has been invited for Christmas. It's that routine. It is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is fine. Standard fare. Yeah. Standard seasonal fare. Do you think uh, later sitcoms would get a whole episode out of one part of the situation of this? Uh, hmm, Vicar of Dibley, hmm. Yes, quite. And one other thing about the accents. Exactly where's this fucking set? I've heard 18 different accents, and I can't work out where any of them are from, because none of them appear to be from Earth. No, it's set in Atlantis. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what we've got here, Christmas itself, let's let's analyse that, it lends itself very well to farce because yeah. there are so many aspects that can go wrong in the lead-up and yeah. this script does not waste a single one. It's really true.
0: <laughs> Back at home, we've got a weedy old chap called George. He's around fixing the telly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Ada takes pity on him, invites, i.e. forces him to stay... Not just for Christmas dinner, for the entire holiday,
1: I'll have to go home, you stand? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I... you're staying you like, would this happen though? Where's this come from? okay, I mean, we'll go with it, but what
1: I think back in the day you know back in the day where you could leave your back doors open, et cetera., yeah. I it think was, this kind yes. of thing went on all the time, I think, yeah, I really do. I believed that I didn't see that as uh unrealistic I didn't no, mind I, and I, I didn't
0: mind George at all. his character is almost not cut out for this. He gets a lot of good lines, and they're completely wasted in this performance. <laughs> For example, mm-hmm. when he's um, when he's sat there at the dining table, Alf comes back home, but he's not too happy that there's a stranger in the house. Mm-hmm. And Alf goes, oh, "I don't know him from Adam." And George goes, "Look, if the apple's confusing you, that's a very deftly written joke." You've
1: been and reading is, my notes. It out. is
0: <laughs> absolutely not allowed to flourish in a performance this mechanical.
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I wonder, here's a question, I wonder if this is one of the first instances of using a hairdryer on a frozen turkey. You see, I remember that same routine being used in That's My Boy. Ah. On their Christmas episode, Mm -hmm. in which the lead character is called Ada. (gasps) Spooky. That's spooky. Yeah.
0: Well, we already know the links between... That's my boy and the Peggy Mountverse. So yeah. We are
1: we are just reinforcing them, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Ab- absolutely. And absolutely. it's not a hairdryer, it's the bath, you know, for every time it's come past. It's all part of the Peggy Mountiverse. That's it right. really is.
0: Yeah, so we've got Jeff and Eddie in the living room trying to put the tree up. Yes. Late late afternoon on Christmas Eve, remember? Um, yeah. <laughs> and they decide that rather than just sewn six inches off the bottom, um, and I don't know why, because it fits in the room perfectly well. Um, they're going to use a gap in the floorboards that goes through to the cellar.
1: That's going to work, isn't it?
0: Now, now do remember the gap that we're shown, because we also see it like one shot from underneath the floorboards, the audience see this. It's a gap that's 6 by 12 inches. They just take a board out. Yep. It, in other words, it is nowhere near big enough for a 9-foot-high, 4-foot-wide Christmas tree to slide through if you fucking sat on it, never mind by gravity alone. Yep. This will come
1: into play in about fifteen minutes' time, by gravity or by flamenco dancing.
0: Do you know what I mean? I get that this scene needs to happen, but it's mm. it feels so clunky, like it's been just scripted in Duplo bricks across the floor.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the brain of Mr. Bognops. Um, yes. Thoughts thoughts on the scene transitions in terms of the sound? Um, they're going hell for leather with a wawa trombone, aren't they? Well. I did wonder about this because um, the first time they do it, there's four notes. The next time they do it, there's five. Ooh. But the fact that they'd have to do it twice when they should do it precisely zero times fucks me <laughs> off. Well, I not. mean, that is a budget buster. I mean, we have one trombone standing in the corner with a mic and a music stand, a music stand, and he is the scene change.
0: This yes. is why we love it when Aussie comes round.
1: It's not fucking nineteen twenty eight. You know, this is this is like, you know, <laughs> three years into independent television's existence, they've had 20, 22 years of the BBC television to to play off and they go wah 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 uh-huh. or adding an extra wah at the end. I just don't get it. Yeah, but it is also Lou Grade holding the purse strings here. Oh, of course. And I mean, that's why the set appears to be made of cardboard boxes stuck together with blue tack. Again, gents, it's a live
0: broadcast so that every extra wire you get is a director and an earpiece going, Show it out! do more, do another one, one more, one more, one more, and over the pegs.
1: Until eventually he actually falls off the end of the instrument because he's run out of notes. (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of pegs, and speaking of live, as you said, reiterating the live factor of this show, I have to say, Mount is on fire through this. Exactly, she, doesn't, she is. She doesn't drop a beat, yep. that woman. She absolutely holds this together. She'll drop boxes like off a, the
0: shelf, but she doesn't drop a beat.
1: <laughs> right, true. She, She's like a force of nature, that woman. Uh-huh. Do we think there was one line, and I haven't written it down, unfortunately, where I get the feeling somebody's dried and she literally feeds them their line because it comes straight back. I think it was with Eddie. I can't remember.
0: You know she fucking punched them as well after you know yes. after the, credits oh, the commercial runners. break. Don't Absolutely. you forget your lines.
1: I'm getting paid for your But as one. you said, Doctor, once it war- once the farce element warms up, you know, once we get to kind of the second half, you know, the vinegar strokes, mount's on absolute fire. Really is. Really is. And you know, you mentioned um a punch earlier. Let's draw our attention. To the pub scene, in which there is indeed a fight. And that fight scene is crackers. Yes. I've watched Italian operas that have more complicated vocals, and they all appear to be going fight under the mic. Sorry, what? (laughs) Yes.
0: Keep in mind that at this time, when you're watching it back in the day live, it's half ten. You can show anything that time of night. They're pulling out knives and all sorts.
1: (laughs) I have to say, give them their credit, I think the actual punch that we see was very well executed. I think that wasn't bad stage work there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Ronan O'Casey, who delivers the punch, that was the first time I cheered for him. I can't stand the man's acting. But um, <laughs> that was the best thing he did. It almost seems sometimes like he's trying to disown his lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, weirdly
0: I... enough, he's the one that opens the very first episode by speaking to camera and breaking that fourth wall. That's hall, right. And that yes. doesn't happen yeah. in this. You're like, has no. he just become subsumed into the universe now? Does he no longer know he's in a sitcom? That's fine. It's slightly depressing at Christmas, but OK.
1: I think the more realistic answer is that the director came over to him and said, we've had 79 postcards through the post saying that that bit that you did on the first episode was shit. So we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that anymore.
0: They already know they're watching television. You don't have to tell them. They don't think it's real, man. <laughs>
1: if i have to take anything away from this episode is uh, it, it's a quote from peggy herself and i'm going to get this emblazoned on a t-shirt not just printed but embroidered right here have a fig <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. i'm using that i'm using that Brilliant. Uh, uh, that could be used in any situation
0: of course it's a christmas sitcom so obviously carol singers have to turn up at the door yeah, and Alf, being the grumpy patriarch, is like, bloody kids!" Now, the idea is here, right? That it's 1958, and it's basically like a bunch of threatening Teddy Boy youths, it just is. R- just round to basically just like impose and ask for money while not really singing. But every actor they've cast as a Teddy Boy youth is at least thirty. So the door opens, and he's just like, "What are they doing there?" And they are actually singing. Where's the jo- Where's the comedy here? Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what it. As an alternative, what would you have rather? Because it, back in the day, Teddy boys carried flick knives. Did you want him to kick the door in and hold him up by the throat with a flick knife?
0: They've already shown us what they can do in the pub scene, yeah. If anything, he's point. already g up from being in the pub. He'd take, it, yeah, good he'd, point. He'd take that guy's fucking arm off.
1: Yep. Yeah. He, the adrenaline is surging. Yes. He's standing there like Balboa. I mean, I mind, mean, yeah.
0: he lives with Mount. He's constantly ready for a fight.
1: Yeah. Imagine, fair.
0: you can't go around to that house picking a fight... What if Ada answers no. the door? She'll kill you.
1: That's not a floral pattern on her pity, that's blood. <laughs> and her hair is blood red, obviously, because she puts her hand through her hair all the time. Yes. Lady Bathory, that's what she is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Special mention, that scene in the kitchen where Ada and the next little neighbour, Hetty, they're there, they've got a bit of a back and forth going while Ada's whipping some cream. She's already gone, on oh, no, you don't whip it like that, you whip it like this. And that, that's Ada... Peggy being in character, right? So she takes the ball off her and she just fucking clatters this spoon around an empty <laughs> ceramic does. ball. Yeah. My my misophonia made me want to kick my own fucking windows out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, it didn't bother me so much, but I think you'd say I'm very fond of a scrambled egg, so I'm used to doing that yes. at home. It's
0: more the fact that there's dialogue over the top of it and I'm like, what
1: is going on here? She's talking about yeah. fucking butter. That's what's, try- what's going on, I think. Jesus. Yeah. So going back to the pub scene, I mean... What's going to happen? Well, of course they get arrested, don't they? They get taken to the nick.
0: See, I um, didn't. I didn't um, know that was happening until he said we've well, been arrested. All that happens is a bloke walks in with a whistle, and you're like, right. Anyway, it yes. turns out the police just wear like fucking tweed cardigans in 1958.
1: <laughs> yes. It is. Well, yes. either that, or I reckon he just come from Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at the house. Ada's sitting there revving our engine because they're ready for their dinner. Oh, hi. She's not happy. This is the next day, isn't it? Well, it's got to be the next day. Hang on, that's a point. You'd yeah. figure
0: it's the next day because it's Christmas dinner. So, OK. That's
1: that's right, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be it's like been, 10 o'clock at night. Didn't they spend the night in the nick? They must have, but they, there was no questioning of... So she didn't bat an eyelid when he stayed out all night. Oh, I'm lost here. Oh. She
0: didn't mind that he stayed out all night, only that they were ready to eat dinner.
1: True. True. <laughs> So, yeah, they turn up for lunch and they're all. P- P- Peg's ready to eat. She's ready to wallop it right down. And he comes out with the information that they've already eaten Christmas dinner at the police station.
0: He actually says they were there so long that the officers basically just invited them all to stay. So, that, yeah, the, yeah. The, the four of them aren't hungry. Ada is fucking furious.
1: And they aren't leaving that table if they won't eat it voluntarily she will ram it down their gobs fist first
0: and again she will Peggy owns this scene and I, I didn't mind this scene at all this is fine yeah absolutely she's the, she's the one character actress who can get away with this
1: and she can carve a turkey whilst delivering lines I mean yes how many you know they'd have to have props or hand artists in nowadays and na- and she was just getting on with it
0: bear in mind uh, Ozzy if you had a hand artist in you'd need two cameras to cut between wouldn't you
1: Oh yeah, and they only had that, one That's and a not half. in the budget
0: here. You've got one exactly. camera sweeping around the room as we're about to get to.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we move on to the post lunch scene, and I'll tell you what, this is rescued by a flamenco dancing Peggy Mount. However, <laughs> just before we get to it, there's something I want to question, and that is a Vicar who manages to misread his script and they kept it in. He said, Let us live it up a, a, let us live it up a little. I'm sure it's let us live it up a little. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And they let that go. You know, yeah, I yeah, would stop like- the whole transmission, shut ATV down for a fortnight. You're speaking to somebody who's recently watched all of the William Hartnell episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Fluffing lines just drips over me now, I, you know. More dry than Stonewall, I bet.
0: To be fair, this was only set up about halfway through the episode, just after the carol singers turn up, the Teddy boys. More carol singers turn up, and it's the vicar. So Ada's just like... Does Ada invite him for lunch Or does Alf invite him for lunch Because you're like The vicar's not going to come round for lunch On Christmas day You're not the Pope
1: Yeah that's right No it's one of the sons Had invited him previously ah, but okay said anything. Right
0: okay 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 But anyway yeah So the vicar's come round on Christmas day Like he's got nothing else to do
1: Hmm. Yeah I thought about that actually Yeah <laughs> You know Should you not be earning your cloth mate uh-huh. I-, <laughs> I mean they, they do most of it before 12 That's fine Um.
0: And yeah he's basically just there For a kind of a Embarrassing the vicar joke
1: and in Embarrassing the Vicar, the flamenco dancing, as you mentioned, Doctor, mm. um, his exit from the house... Sorry, but what the solid fuck? That's what I mean.
0: It's not... <laughs> it's poorly set up as a joke. You've got, like, a bit of a, a party scene where, because there's only one camera moving from sort of three people there to two people there, three people there, everyone's just waiting for their turn to speak and for the floor manager to just shout, Now you! You!
1: Yeah, it's literally that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then you finally get round yes.
0: to. I'm glad you said flamenco dancing because I swear at one point it was meant to be fucking Russian. Anyway, there we go. It's executed so poorly it doesn't really matter. And, and I then the carpet
1: was on fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then then the joke happens that the tree yes. starts sliding through the hall on the floor.
1: The big payoff that we've been waiting for the entire episode half an yep. hour.
0: Then the tree moves down a bit and then the vicar triggers dad makes a face. That's the payoff.
1: That's yeah. it. There you go. Yeah. And then yep. walks out saying three words, none of which connect into a sentence. Oh, and little live moment uh, takes a sherry glass with him. Fair enough.
0: You know, souvenir.
1: Selling that at the jumble sale. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, we don't realise that two of the guests surreptitiously vanish down to the cellar and then they come back up. Covered in coal dust.
0: Yeah. Neither really mentioning the tree that's sticking through the floor there
1: right okay what have you been doing down the cellar asks one of the cast yeah i don't even want to know mind because he comes up in blackface mind yes yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) let's just not we end
0: with it snowing outside while ada and alf dance under the mistletoe all is well that ends well
1: yeah and it gave me a little warm feeling yeah that end scene i like that i like that It, it worked but then the rolling of the credits produced just some fascinating little factors sort of the where are they now so sean o'radin who played eddie mm. became one of atv's foremost uh, comedy directors he directed peter cook and dudley moore he did a load of sitcoms for them all sorts of bloody things um fred robinson was uh, clearly earning a few extra quid at christmas yeah um Pembroke Dutson, who designed it, went on to direct drama, he did Crossroads General Hospital and many other schedule fillers, and Bill Ward who started as a cameraman at uh, Alexandra Palace with the BBC in 1936, and he was still directing in the 90s, doing things like Highway, so you know there's kind of, I just love the fact this melting pot of talent yeah. went on yeah. to produce this show and they're quite disbelieving what they've done did it again, the other side of 1960. Yeah, you know. Mint. All right, then, chaps. At the end of all of this, let me ask you. Mr Ozzy Bognops, how many pegs will you clip to Peggy's pinny? Well, it's of its time, no doubt. Uh, sort of get going, but uh, it's kind of quite wordy. But once it got moving, it was really on fire, Steered without a doubt by uh, Dame Peggy herself. It's a shame it appears to have been shot in a cupboard, um, although I like how pokey it is unfortunately it doesn't help the dialogue which is clearly something that could be ironed out to probably an hour's worth or at least 45 minutes worth of work and uh, yes alright it was live but they did record it purposely so they could repeat it um, I quite enjoyed it but um, uh, other, things, other things would become better 6 out of 9 Scrooge, Blackout? Yeah <laughs> I wonder where this is going. <laughs> well, Christmas
0: with the Larkin stumbles at the usual festive hurdles of too much storyline, not enough detail, precious little in between to hold the whole thing together. This feels for all the world like a 30 minute improv in which the comedy Christmas tree, the fight in the pub, and an embarrassed vicar were the only markers they had to hit, and the rest were surreptitiously watching the clock. But you know what? It's got our lady and saviour, Peggy Mount, threatening people with a mallet, threatening people with a carving knife, and neck in port. Nine pegs.
1: There you go. All right. There you go. Dr Velvet. Well, we are back to the pioneering years of the television. In particular, sitcom. What I've just watched was charming, non-cynical farce. Perfectly pitched and paced for a seasonal episode with every ingredient required. I forgive all errors. Eight pegs. Beautiful. Well, there's a a fair panoply there of scores, I think. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And mine. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And, of course, there are no steps up the montagna, because we're already there. We're already there. Already there. there. There we go. Right, that's that. I'm just off to see if I can find my collection of Star Trek The Motion Picture Weetabix cards and arrange them carefully so as to suggest they're playing in a Salvation Army brass band. In the meantime... You know what's good for you. Blackout's got your socials.
0: (laughs) Yes, thanks once again for dropping around. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyManPod at gmail.com, or we are PeggyMampod on Twitter, Blue Sky, Facebook and Instagram. Five-star ratings are always welcome on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Don't forget to go to PeggyMampod.com to check out the show notes for this and all of our other episodes, or to click through to our online retail outlet to shop for superb tie-in merchandise, the flamboyant wearing of which is sure to raise an eyebrow at the office Christmas party.
1: It's as simple as that. It really, really is. Special thanks, of course, to Mr Ozzy Bognops. Complete pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you so much. No, thank you. No problem at all. Will you come back and see us before the 25th? Depend on it. Nice, nice. Very good. All right, marvellous. We'll be back very soon with another seasonal slice of old telly. Until then... Keep... Trayin'.